Welcome to South of the Blue Line podcast, now run by the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a shot at me or a shot at them or a shot at... Hey! hey! Everyone is here. My God, we've done it. We, we have done it. You missed it, Dalton, but I said that uh, the South of the Blue Line podcast is now run by the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, you've given up on the Jets already? <laughs> no. I mean, it's so incompetently run. It's run by the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> oh, man. The difference How is, is we're not getting paid millions of dollars. Yet. 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 That, that's the key yeah. word. Yet. Yet. Um. <laughs> How is everyone? How is everyone doing on this uh, Saturday evening? Well, you know, we got the Battle of Alberta tonight, so I'm pretty hyped. That, that is true. Oh, my God. I used to dread these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I mean, I mean, Chris, not to, you know, uh, age you or anything like that, but uh, you've seen, you saw the Battle of Alberta when it was like, you know, actual angry. Yeah, but I, I hated both the teams back then, so it didn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also remember the Battle of Alberta when the Oilers were better than the Flames, but the Flames always managed to beat the Oilers. At dark Back time. In- yeah. Um, well, the reason we're recording a little bit later tonight, Dalton, as I was telling Chris on the first intro to this episode that we had to redo. <laughs> one um, of four. Yes, one of four. I was driving home last night and my brakes like literally fell out of my car. Oh, yeah, like onto the road. I mean, I was I was luckily in my apartment complex, so I I was I didn't die, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh it wasn't very fun, so then I was at I was at the dealership today and with my dad and we bought a 2013 Nissan Sentra. Oh, look at you, Mr. Moneybags. I know, which which comes with, which I haven't had for about a year and a half, and I live in Florida, everyone remember. AC. Man, you're talking about AC right now and it's negative 10 outside over here. Oh my, Dalton, Dalton, it's like, it's like, uh, like 65 right now. So I don't know what that converts to in Celsius, but like. Say that in real units. It's cold. It's like, it's like 15 degrees right now. Yeah, that's, that's so, so cold guys. Yeah, like I'm wearing like jeans and a t-shirt right now. Like jeans are getting up like pretty wild. <laughs> Unfound territory for you guys, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I even thought about t- uh, pulling a jacket out of my closet. Wow. Yeah, that must have been hard for you. Getting wild. I did it, though. I held off. I held off. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we have uh, – we got a bit of – we, we might have to run this episode a bit shorter because Chris has, placed, uh, has some hockey to go to. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, Last week, uh, basically, like, the day after we, uh, I, we recorded and I uploaded uh, episode six, um, the Oilers did something. Yeah. They hours sent down... afterwards, in fact. Yes, hours. Yeah, that's right. Hours. They sent down uh, Kyler Yamamoto and Jesse Pugliarvi to the AHL. Oof. <laughs> I am happy about this, but, like... Kind of like restrained, happy about this. Yeah, because I kind of feel like Yamamoto should have been in the lineup, and I'm a little—I don't really know why they haven't been playing him. Uh, but like Puliyarvi, that that needed to happen. I, I I agree with both. I mean, I think Yamamoto definitely had been playing better than Puliyarvi. However, I would also make the argument that Yamamoto had been given 
better opportunity than Pugliarvi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I feel like I feel like Pugliarvi was playing with such a short lease compared to Yamamoto, who had a had a much like larger um, range of like being able to make mistakes and stuff like that, which makes sense also because he's he's newer. Yeah, but, and he's also um, much better defensively as well. Yeah, so I mean, good to see it happen. We have been talking about Pugliarvi for episode, uh, I think like three episodes in a row now. Yeah, pretty much so, every episode. <laughs> yeah, so. So, I mean, I think we're all in agreement for the most part that it was time. Um, however, did you see Pugliarvi's, uh tilt in the AHL, his first oh. fight? Really? It's his first fight? It was his first fight. And he, wow. he took on a guy who is 44 AHL and NHL fights combined. And Ooh. he definitely, I won't say he won, but uh, he didn't die. Yo, he got pumped, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pugliarvi got filled in. So, I mean... <laughs> Chris, you've, you've been pretty skeptical about Oilers' uh, management and stuff like that. and You see them send these two young guys down. How do you feel? Uh, I, I think you, you kind of have to. I think it's even a bit late to be doing it. They should have done it earlier. They've got players they have to make decisions on. Um, they're in a similar position as the Jets. The Jets have a bunch of tweeners, and you know that's why they uh, sent Veselainen down. Um, because even though he probably could have hung around, um, you know, they've got guys like Patan. They obviously uh, waved Dano, but they had a real logjam, Lemieux, uh, players like that who kind of we have to decide whether they're going to be Jets or not, right? Like so, so the players that you have, um, you know, uh, as assets for long term, the young players, you, you can afford to keep them in the minors for a year or so, let them develop and, and be able to make your decision on the, on the more mature players. Yeah. Um, that actually is a good segue, Chris. Um, I don't know if it's still valid, but um, I believe the Jets called up uh, Sammy Niku. Is he still with the team as of right now? Yeah, he is. Uh, when Kulgov got injured, I think they just called him up just as insurance. Um, I doubt he's going to play, though. Uh, I think uh, Maurice is really happy with uh, Sherratt and Morrow. Morrow's been playing all right, actually. It looks like the pairs are – are pretty stable. So uh, unless somebody else gets hurt, I don't see Nik- Niku actual, actually uh, drawing into a game. Well, shout out to, to Niku because he has some stellar flow, though, to give him <laughs> oh, that. The, the, man, the man's got lettuce for days. Yeah. yeah. First liner flow potential there. For real, for real. Um, uh, he's a really slick player, too. He just – the only problem is, is he's a, a lot of risk reward. He doesn't, he's not very good in his own zone. Once he gets the puck and he's moving, you know, North South, he's, he's extremely dynamic, but it's just when we get trapped in our own zone that it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other uh, newsworthy notes, the Tom Wilson uh, saga has come to an end. Um, he had been suspended for 20 games. He served 16 games, and then the arbitrator, the same arbitrator who um, actually uh, made Tom Watson's suspension uh, less, um, dropped it down to 14, and he showed up and scored a goal in his first game back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, picked him up on fantasy as soon as I heard the news, and uh, he rewards me immediately. And, uh, and he, had a, he had a big tilt, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, Man, uh, like... I, <laughs> so he got reduced to 14 games. Um, he'll... Obviously, he missed the two games already, but he will make up. Uh, he'll he'll they'll give him money back. I think it was uh, over three hundred thousand dollars in um, money lost. Um, 
So what do you think? So at the end of the day, I mean, 14 games, do we think it's all? What do you think? It's, uh, I don't know, man. It's, you look at Tom Wilson and you can see there's such a player there and someone that could really, he could play hockey if he just wanted to play hockey. Like he could be a stud out there, but instead he goes and runs around and he injures people like this over and over again. It's 14 games. That's probably still fair, honestly, in my mind. I don't like the recent trend of the uh, the arbitrators reducing all these suspensions, but yeah, I'm probably I'm kind of okay with it. I'm not gonna lie. Chris, what about you, buddy? Oh, I don't reduce it. I think it's ridiculous to reduce it. I think the original suspension was worthy, and I think reducing it sends a bit of a message to him that you know. Well, I don't think it's. it says that what he's doing is correct, but it doesn't send the message that it's supposed to send. So I didn't well, agree with it at well, all. Well, I definitely feel like even though he was still suspended for 16 games overall, and he, but I feel like he still feel – he leaves the situation feeling like he kind of – he came out ahead, like he won. Yeah. Yeah, um, at yeah. the end of the day, he's like the – the game is missed or really going to hurt him the most, right? He just wants to get out there and play. But so the salary that he's missed, it's, it's probably not going to affect him too much. He's not going to care too much, right? No, especially it's, since he signed a big ticket this summer for some big smoke. Yeah, exactly. So it's the question of is sitting out 14 games going to make him change his ways? Yeah. And I hope it does, but honestly, I don't see it. Yeah. Um, sounds like we're all, I mean, yes. I mean, my biggest thing is, is since – we're seeing so many people appeal and then have their sentence reduced. Why doesn't everyone who gets um, suspensions just immediately appeal? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's going to become like, eventually the league is going to be like, like, so Tom, let's say Tom Wilson does this and this has already been a thing. The league will just go, okay, 40 games. So the arbitrator has to reduce it to 20 and that's what the NHL initially wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I almost wonder if that's already what's happening right now. Like yeah. 20 games seemed a little bit high to me at the very start. So Maybe they're, like, thinking, hey, 14 games, give him 20. Maybe he gets 15 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Using hits as a segue, um, uh, actually, and relating to the Jets, Chris, Josh Morrissey kind of did the same hit that uh, Matheson did on uh, Pedersen, but this time on Oshie. He choke slams him to the ice, um, and he gets fined, I believe, uh, almost $9,000. Yeah, around there, yeah. Chris, yeah, I mean, well, Josh is a wee lad, so um, Oshi should really just suck it up and be a man. <laughs> wow, <laughs> obviously, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I don't, it was definitely not as egregious as the other hit on Pedersen. Um, you know, for a couple reasons. Number one, um, you know, he was Morrissey wasn't dangled out of his jock before he did it, um, so he wasn't pissed off at Oshi at all. Um, I just think he followed through, you know, I, I, Morrissey's got a bit of a mean streak. He's already been suspended once. I was really thankful that he wasn't suspended this time. I think a fine was probably appropriate simply because like I said, it wasn't as egregious, but uh, I'm worried because, you know, you start getting that reputation and then you're, you're not going down a good road. Yeah. You, you, you won, you open yourself to a little bit more scrutiny from the league, but then also by kind of playing dirtier, other players start taking a little bit uh, more liberties on you as well. Yeah, and he's small, so he can't really afford that, although he's very solid. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I mean, I think it was fair. I mean, you, it sounds like you think it was fair. Dalton, what do you think? I mean, I would have liked to see him probably get a game for that, but it's one of those plays that's so – to me, it's such a borderline between a fine and a suspension that it's – I'm fine with it either way, pretty much. Yeah, I, I don't think he should have been suspended for it. I think the fine was, the, was good. If Milan Lucic can literally stalk a man around the rink, crush him, and then pop him in the head and sit on him and only get a fine – I think Josh Morrissey choke slamming TJ Oshie is a, honestly pretty pretty much the same. So I mean, yeah, yeah. But also Morrissey plays for the Jets, so he should have got like twenty games. <laughs> right. That's the way we get treated. It's true. <laughs> no, yeah. Just get get a, get one of their best defensemen out of there. Yeah, exactly. They're too good, anyways. It's not fair. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Big, big uh, shockwaves felt actually in Tampa. Uh, as news comes out, Vasilevsky with a broken foot will be missing four to six weeks. How does this affect the Lightning? Well, first of all, did you hear what he tried to do right after he got hurt there? I did not. He put a little bit of ice on his foot and then told the coach he was ready to go again. Ah. So, uh, the good old hockey player. Yeah. He's got Is he Canadian? I don't know. He should uh, be. Honorary. Honorary he's, Canadian. He, well, he's Russian. They're 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 pretty crazy too. Hey, if he wants to play goal for us at the Olympics, I'd be cool with it. <laughs> so I mean, their starter now is Louis Domingue, um, and their backup is uh, some guy I've never heard of who's played no NHL games. Yeah, I think this is gonna hurt Tampa even more than a lot of people think it's going to, just because I don't have any faith at all in Louis Domingue. Though, I will say this, Tampa has played two games um, since uh, Vasilevsky has been hurt, and Louis Domingue is uh, 2-0. and With the Philadelphia Fly, I think they're playing Philly today, right? They, they beat Philly in OT. Yeah, and I think he let in four goals in nine minutes to almost lose it. Yeah, well, okay, so it, I, I agree. Louis Domingue is trash. However, you really get to see the Tampa Bay Lightning step up um, because the same sort of thing Louis Domingue let in like, uh, I think it was four goals against Pittsburgh as well. Yeah. And Point had a hat trick to, <laughs> to win the game for him. So, so, I mean, obviously Tampa is able to score their way out of uh, Louis Deming's problems, but will they be able to keep it up? Well, it depends if Point can keep on scoring a hat trick a game. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> true. It's true. Chris, you're in Tampa. Tell us as the uh, reporter in Tampa, what's the temperature like there? <laughs> um, well, uh, I don't know a lot of Lightning fans, to be honest with you. But um, what I will say is, you know, I think that obviously it is going to hurt the Lightning's point situation as they head into, you know, the new year. But, I mean, I don't think they're at any risk of, you know, missing the playoffs. I think at the end of the day, they're going to be right up there at the top of the Eastern Conference. Um and actually, it could end up being really good for them. Give Vasilevsky a, a break, and he'll be extra fresh going into the playoffs. So it might end up being a blessing in, dis- in disguise. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that point. That's a really good point because last year, Vasilevsky came out and said he was starting to feel a little worn down, a little, little tired. Um, so this actually might end up working out in the long run, especially since they're still able to win games with Dominion that. Yeah. Well, it also might show as well that Dominion is actually a capable backup too, so – if that ends up happening, then you don't need to play Vasilevsky near as much then. It's, yeah, it's true. It, it, it's very true. Um, so moving on, um, we had two trades. Things happened. 
in the NHL. Two trades. Um, Bye, oh, Chris. That, all right, everyone. Your night has started. That's another. <laughs> that, that is your first shot of the night. Yeah, I recommend doing whiskey shots tonight. Ooh, whiskey oh, shots. Yeah. Very tasty. First uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll start with the first trade of the week. Um, Carl Haglin, 30 years old, traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins for Tyler Pearson of the LA Kings. Yeah, some a couple notes, pretty important ones. Uh, Pittsburgh, I believe, retains some salary, so the cap hits are identical for them. Okay. Which is fun. And I think they also have the exact same. No, Haglin's contract is over this year while Pearson has another year on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, me personally, looking at the trade, um, I, I know the Kings are slow, but and Haglin is known as a bit of a speedster, but he's also four years older than Pearson. Um, and so, honestly, this looks like um, L.A. is, is just – they know they're bad this year. I think L.A. is – this is – Carl Haglin is a player you trade at the deadline for futures – I think L.A. has, as even this early in the season, embraced that they are going to be bad. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I think you pretty much hit it. Nail on the head there. Absolutely. Chris, either what do you that, think? Either that or that they're, they're still delusional, and they think that Carl Hagelin is somehow going to help them score enough to be in the conversation. <laughs> I mean, I, I, did, it's a stupid, I think it's a stupid move in my books you got a player that's got way more protected years. He's younger. He still has upside. And you trade him for a guy who's going to be an expiring contract. It's just not a smart move. If you're going to do something, you really want to make a difference and you really want to rebuild, you know who you trade off that team, right? There's two players that you could trade. Who are they? Well, I mean, uh, I, I see three, but. Okay, off, yeah. of, off of L.A.? Yeah. Uh, I guess you, you, you could trade Carter. Sure. Uh, Dowdy. I mean, but that hurts. And Kopitar, but that's their captain. Doesn't matter. Yeah. If they're stuck, they're going to suck. What are you holding on for? Yeah. They could also trade away quick as well, but he's also kind of a liability. Those guys are high value. You could reload quick. Not only if you traded Dowdy and Kopitar, you wouldn't just be trading for draft picks, right? You'd be trading for two or three young plug into lineup players. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they could honestly, they could probably go the same route that um, Ottawa went this, this season. Yeah. They could reload. They could easily reload. Um, yeah, the act- positive, but the positive with Hagelin, though, is that he is so easily movable at the deadline, right? If they need to retain yeah. half his salary, they can easily do that just to strip him to a contender. Yeah. Where, yeah. Pearson has an extra year so. on it. Uh, well, but still, I think extra years at that age is still is a selling point, isn't it? Maybe not for a team that's going all in, though. Like, if you know you're only going to have the guy till the end of the season, it's a lot easier cap-wise to justify picking up $2 million. And, and I feel like Haglin carries around the – like, he won two cups with them, right? So, like, recently. So, I feel like Haglin also carries around that tag of been there, done that, where Pearson hasn't. Hmm. Um, I, yeah. I also think that Haglin is a better player right now. So, 
to actually end up selling at the deadline might net you a little bit more value at the end of the day. And, and from what I understand, actually, some of our fans uh, tweeted us and actually told us that, um, or told me at least that Haglin actually ended up playing pretty well in his first game with LA. Hmm. I know we actually have fans. It's pretty crazy. Insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Playoffs now guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And actually kind of tying into it real quick. Um, the LA Kings Twitter account, I feel like, has actually been giving away the fact that their organization is ready to just give up. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the LA Twitter account recently, um, on Twitter, there's been like a, a weird meme format where it's like, where it's like uh, us, and then it's like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, and then it says something, and it's like, and so like, it was LA's Twitter account tweeted out us, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, and then at the end it goes, if this was golf, we'd be in the first place. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> oh and, dear! And then, and then, uh, even more recently, they um, they shook, they, so the Kings were playing the Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks were having a promotional where if you paid them a hundred dollars, you could put like uh, like a like a hey, welcome to this person, like a birthday or something, up on the jumbotron. And the LA Kings Twitter account tweeted out two pictures that said it sent the the ad for the promotion the Blackhawks were doing for the hundred dollars, and then the a picture of the jumbotron, and the jumbotron said "Welcome to," and then it said the thirty first ranked team in the NHL, and then cool. the caption was "Best hundred dollars you've ever spent." Jeez, the self burns, man. Yeah, they're just they're they're really just uh, really just riding into it, I guess. I mean props to them yeah but i mean i really wouldn't be surprised if we saw a doughty deal by the draft this year i don't think they'll uh doughty yeah i, I guess th- i could see it i could see a doughty deal yeah just because uh, you gotta move somebody because do you want to you want to jump into hot to hot take ca- ca- uh territory oh dear i don't know i always get in trouble when i do these <laughs> <laughs> um so then there was one more trade Ryan Strom was fired into the sun for nothing. I'm just kidding. Ryan Strom was traded for Ryan Spooner, so the Oilers uh, maintain their Ryan quota. <laughs> um, for one Ryan Spooner from the New York Rangers. Um, Spooner has played two less games with the Rangers this season. They both have one goal and one assist. Um, Spooner is one year older than Strom, and the New York Rangers retained cap to make the cap hits identical. As a Peter Shirelli special one-for-one deal, how do we all feel about it? So stupid. (laughs) Okay, by who? By both of them. It really doesn't matter, but especially stupid by the Oilers. Really? Yeah. Like yeah, please elaborate because I'm biased as hell right now. So just I still I think Strom is has more upside, and he's I mean he's slightly younger. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't see what the move why the move was made. Oh wait, Dalton, right. what, what's your take? All right, so I personally feel like Ryan Strom was uh, maybe the most snakefoot Edmonton Oiler of anybody. Uh, also, I love him. He's my actual son. So you're a, a big, little much. You're a big Strom supporter. See, I can't stand Man, the guy. I just, I just always felt like he had just something more that he could be giving. Something he just like he felt like he was almost there, just over and over and over again. So I, I would agree with Chris that I think Strom has the higher upside in this deal. 
Um, but at the same time, like, Strom's not worth $3.1 million right now. That's, that's like, pretty clear, so. Do you think, think, do you think Spooner I, is, though? I, well, he was healthy scratched in the Rangers, so I don't really feel like it, but I'll wait till he plays a couple of games at Edmonton until I really, you know, start getting him on his case. So, me personally, I actually, I actually disagree with both you guys. I think Spooner has a much higher, at least, offensive upside than Strom. I feel like he's got better hands. I feel like he's got a bit more speed. Um, I, I, that just my, I also am a bit biased because every time I watch Strom touch the puck, I groan. <laughs> um, I, I, I was... I didn't like Strom, and I was a bit unfair because it was for Everly, and I loved Everly. Yeah. But I, he just – he never really did anything to, like – I was like – because even when I was like, all right, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, he goes and scores he, – he, he runs the black hole line. And not because we eat opponents alive. It's because that's where offense goes to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan Strom, he really didn't perform like he needed to be if he was going to be a replacement for Jordan Everly. Yeah, if that that trade as soon as they made it, it was pretty clear that the Oilers lost that trade. Mm-hmm. It, it, Ryan Strom, if he turns into Jordan Everle, will be a huge boon. Like it, that'd be incredible. But they, he's not going to turn into Jordan Everle. I was just yeah. hoping he'd be a solid third line center kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we will probably see him tonight in the uh, Battle of Alberta. Yeah, I wonder where. Do you know where Str- uh, Spooner's slotted? Um, it sounds like he is going straight into Strom spot, the third C. Really? Interesting. Uh, yeah, because, um, Marodi is playing on the wing with someone and Patrick Russell is slotting in as on the fourth line hmm. as, as four C. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so then before we get on to the games coming up, I just want to quickly do a quick hits on the games that had passed and talk about our predictions. Um, Little spoiler alert, Chris went over five. Well, and he just left the podcast, so it's he, shot number two. And he was not happy with me for that. No, he's, he's very up. So we'll, we'll start with the uh, Oilers' worst game of the season, a 4-1 loss to the Avalanche. They, yeah, were, they were not um, in it from puck drop to uh, buzzer at the end of the game. That, it was just horrible game. No one showed up. Yeah, it was pretty awful, dude. Um, like, I almost didn't even watch the third period. I, I didn't. I was driving home. Um, I had just played some pickup with Chris, and I was planning on driving home and listening to the game. Uh, I turned the game on, and the Oilers were already down 3 nothing. I listened to the second period, and I turned it off. Yeah, it was, it was pretty garbage. <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. Um, jumping ahead, uh, well, so first on, on that game, um, Dalton, you, uh, you got it. You got the four, one loss, um, down exactly actually, though Nuge did not, not score a shorthand goal. What a bum. Yeah. Um, uh, so we gave it to Dalton. Well, okay, Chris, I take it back. You didn't go five and oh, but you, you still lost. Um, then moving on the Devils and the Jets, the Jets win five, two. Chris, any uh, any points of uh, notice you saw from the game? Well, the Jets are rolling. Yeah, I will say they are starting to uh, they're starting to click a little bit more. Their new lines that uh, we talked about last podcast are starting to come through. 
They they look good. They look uh, good. There's very few passengers on that team right now. Yeah, which which is great. Um, oh, by I, the way, yes. Did I thank you guys for bro? We we call him Croissant because I don't think anybody can say his name correctly. Croissant. Yeah, thank uh, you so. Much. We appreciate. Yo, I'm so mad about that, but that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, listen, we had to get rid of him to make room for the answer, Miko Koskinen. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually uh, got that one right. You actually predict you both predicted the Devils to win that game. Um, I got that one with a four-one win. They won five-two. Then, oh, the- Chris, you have li- ye of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> then, then the Oilers beat the Habs six-two in a McDavid three-point night. Though I would argue Drysaddle should have had six goals and McDavid should have had eight points. Oh my God, no kidding. But man, could you tell that? That re reuniting of the McDry line, so good. You could tell every time McDavid and Drysaddle were passing to each other, Drysaddle was just singing and it said, "Reunited and it feels so good." Yeah, there's just so much more. Dry just cares so much more when he's playing McDavid. Yeah, and honestly, Nuge didn't look so bad running that second line. He even scored one. Yeah, he's like I would like you know some better wingers for him than Reader and Chase on, but you know we'll take what we can get. Yeah. Well, uh, Reader's hurt right now, too. Yeah, out for a month. A month, yeah. That, that's, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dalton, you got that one right with a 5-2 instead of a 6-2 win. Um, so, so, Dal- uh, so, first off, Dalton won the week. Dalton won the week with uh, three points, uh, three correct predictions um, in wins, losses. So, Dalton, you won the week. I have yet to win one. That I will is... take my trophy and I will go do a shot of whiskey, I guess, because that's like the theme of this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, also, for those of you at home, that's a third shot of whiskey. Yes, yes. Um, Chris, now that you're back, we're jumping to the uh, Jets beat the Capitals 3-1. Yes, they did. Um, that is a factual story. <laughs> any, anything else you saw from this? Again, Jets, Jets are rolling. So the one thing that's really exciting uh, for me is we our, our problems with our lines were uh, we couldn't figure out the chemistry on our second line. Um, and the one worry was, can Kyle Connor continue to perform the way he played with Shifley and Wheeler on a different line? And the answer is yes. Kyle Connor is um, probably, I want to say, maybe our second best forward right now. Yo, the guy Dynamic stud. The guy, his shot is amazing. His lateral movements stellar. His um, his shiftiness is otherworldly. His speed is great. Uh, His battle on the wall is amazing. Like I don't even know what I I can't say anything negative about the kid right now. Hey, listen, Kyle Connor has figured out what works, and he is doing it to utter perfection. It's the flow. Have you seen his flow? It's wide and, and and he has and he has unreal flow. Oh, I think he's taken away from that schnoz he has. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does actually. I was gonna say that he does have a bit of a bird hook there. So the the more your flow, the bigger your flow, and the more it pokes out the side of your your uh, helmet, the less your nose looks big. So he's got it right. Yeah, and then. <laughs> The final game that we predicted, um, the Jets lose uh, 2-1, I believe it was, uh, to the Buffalo Sabres, though I actually watched the first two periods of this game. 
Jets deserved to win this one in regulation all the way. Carter Hutton played very well. Did you see the passing? Uh, I haven't seen passing like that, like five versus five in a long time. That reminded me of the Oilers of the 80s. Yeah, they were. They had, well, that first period, they were out shooting them something like 18 to like four, something like that. Like they were just in the zone the, almost the whole period. They were bump passing. Their touch passes were amazing. And I want to say, I thought the Sabres actually played pretty well. It's not like they were taking advantage of a, a team that wasn't playing well. I thought they played a decent game. I just think the Jets were just, they had their legs and they were feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree. But since um, me and you both predicted the Jets to win and Dalton did not, Dalton won that one. Though I'd like to give myself a quick pat on the back back because um there were only two goals scored in regulation one by each team and the one goal in regulation scored by jeff skinner i predicted Ooh, we'll give you a little bonus point for that yeah but but you still predicted the loss correct i predicted them to win so i i gave that one to you or else we would have been tied three three this week oh um, man it feels good to be right uh, so i i gave it to you um uh, Chris, because I know you got to get out of here, we will just keep on rolling um, to the upcoming week and our predictions. So first, tonight at 10 o'clock um, at me and Chris's time, um, what it'll be like, what, 8 o'clock your time? You bet. Uh, first installment of the Battle of Alberta will take place in which we will see David Riddich and Miko Koskinen face off between the pipes. Ryan Spooner will make his Edmonton Oilers debut along with uh, Patrick Russell. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very um, fun. Also, yeah, the so, first time that the Oilers have played a divisional opponent this year? First time in 18 games the Oilers have played a, an opponent in the division. They pissed someone off when they were making the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dalton, we'll start with you since you are in Calgary, Lucky Duck. What do you got for the game? It's going to be a slaughter. 6 nothing for the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? Oh, my God. I mean, what? So, what do you want to know? Do you want to know what I want to happen or what will happen? They are both. So, first, your prediction for what will happen. The Flames are going to win 4-2. Oh, traitor. All right. And now what do you want to happen? Want the Oilers to win 16 to nothing. There we go. (laughs) My dude. All right. All right. So I guess I'm going to have to go in the middle here. Um, I'm going to say the Oilers are going to win this one, though it is going to be pretty tight up to the end. I'm saying the Oilers are going to win this one 4-1, but two of those goals are going to be empty nets. Oh, um, and because of that, McDavid is going to have a three-point night, but two of his points will come on the empty netters. <laughs> so I can see it. I can see it. I like it. Four-one win with two empty netters. All right. I hope you guys are right. <laughs> then, um, in uh, in a back-to-back, the Oilers drive back up um, after playing Calgary tonight. They drive back up to play. Vegas tomorrow um, it, at home. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll start this one off. Um, Vegas sucks. They were where they should be. They have fallen back down to the earth. 
And the Oilers win uh, 5-2. Pretty solid, pretty solid. 5-2 win. All right, Chris, what do you think? Uh, I think um, fuck Vegas. (laughs) Um, 3-1 Oilers. 3-1 Oilers. There we go. Dalton? You know, I think it's going to be a little bit of a close one there. 2-1 Oilers. 2-1 Oilers. All right. Then on Monday, the Winnipeg Jets travel to Chris's hated, most hated city in all of Canada and play Vancouver. <laughs> and the uh, quickly sliding Vancouver, I believe they've lost three in a row now. I think it's my turn to go first. I'm projecting a 4 nothing Jets win. 4 nothing Jets win. Chris, what do you think? Well, first of all, I love Vancouver. It's a beautiful city. I lived there for 10 years. <laughs> I, agree. Um, I, have a, I have a great uncle that lives there. Vancouver is unbelievable. unbelievable. Very pretty. Very pretty. The Canucks could all die in a tire fire, and I wouldn't mind, though. Um, <laughs> lost the road, to be honest with you. It's going to be fun because the Jets are going to decimate them 6 nothing. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We're breaking out the big numbers in today, the boys. Yeah. People are throwing their jerseys on the ice. Oh. Um, then on Tuesday, the, so actually, first quick note of uh, the, the week, the coming schedule, the Oilers play um, after not playing any divisional opponents for 18 games. The next five are all divisional opponents. So these are some big, <laughs> these are all very big games. Uh, they play in San Jose on Tuesday. Did you um, give your score for the last one? Oh, I did not. I didn't. That's right. That's right. Um, so, uh, they're playing Canucks. The Canucks, um, are relegating to where they should have been at the beginning of the season. Uh, hashtag Pedersen, not that good. Ooh. Um, I know, I know, I know. That's a little Petter. All right. All right. You're going to get uh, some hate for that one. I'll dial it back. Pedersen's okay. Um, <laughs> a, little, a little PCP post concussion Pedersen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Um, Jets take this one in an easy, uh, pretty, pretty standard 3-1 win. Uh, Pedersen scores the only goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you saved yourself the anger tweets. Yeah. You well, stay away from Buffalo. Stay away from Buffalo, that's for real. Um, then, uh, Oilers place in San Jose on Tuesday. Chris, you start. What do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a 3-2 win for the Sharks in a shootout. Ooh, all right. You know what? I'd be okay with that. Dalton, what do you think? I think it's going to be a barn burner. 7-6 to six for the Oilers in overtime. Wow. 7-6. OT win. All right. Um, I feel like it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be a 7-6 barn burner. That's a bit close. I'm going to say it is a – I can't bet against the Oilers. I just can't do it. I know. Um, that's how I'm feeling too right now. Um, I'll say it's a 5-4 five, five, Oilers win. All right. In overtime. No, no. I'll say in regulation. All right. All right. <laughs> um, then um, two games on Friday. We'll start with the Jets. Yeah, uh, the Jets, they – Oh, no, on Wednesday. Just kidding. Um, on Wednesday, the Jets go and play in Calgary. Um, Dalton, how about you start since you're in Calgary? This, this one. Oh. 
This is, this is a tough one, actually, because I hate Calgary just so much. And you know what? I'm going to ride that hate. It's going to be a 5-1 to one Jets victory. 5-1 to one Nets victory. Uh-huh. All right. With them chasing Mike Smith once again. All right. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to say 4-1 because I love it when Mike Smith gets agitated and then gets off his game and then gets thrown out of the game. Yo, I hate or Mike gets... Smith so much. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a dick face. No I, the worst. I was actually disappointed because last night um, uh, one of the Flames guys tweeted out that Mike Smith was in the starter net, and so he was predicted he was. they were guessing he was going to start. And I was like, yeah. Yo, I was getting hyped for that too. <laughs> and then they said Reddish was going to start. I was like, damn it, they actually have a shot now. Well, Mike Smith's such a Jekyll and Hyde goalie. Either you can't get anything by him, or you get everything by him. Well, it's like the, there was right because like last year we we chased him out of there, um, and then and then he beat us one nothing. Yeah, it's man, I hate him. Um, so me too. So uh, I hate the Flames. I agree. Um, Jets are gonna win this one. What do you got? You got a five one, a four one. I'll say it's a bit closer though. I'll say it's a uh, 3-2 Jets win. And that's another shot. What are we up to, four now? Four, I believe, yeah. Four rum shots. Dalton. Uh, no, nah, these... whiskey shots. Get whiskey shots. Run. Dalton, one of, th- one of these days, you got to uh, be playing along. Oh, dear. Well, then it will be whiskey if you're doing that. <laughs> um, all right, then. The last game for the Oilers uh, this week uh, in Anaheim. They play the Ducks. Um, I'm going to start this one off. Um, I'm going to say the Ducks are allowing um, the most shots on goal um, as any team. And jo- John Gibson will not be able to stop Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, excuse me. Um, I'm going to say this one is a slaughter. Six nothing win. Oh, boy. This McDavid- podcast has gone off the rails. So quickly. I love it. McDavid hat trick. <laughs> Right. I'm going to be a bit of a boy, voice of reason on this one. Okay. I actually think Jonathan Gibson is a god, and I believe that uh, the Anaheim Ducks will win a 2-1 victory. Oh, 2-1. That's a, that's a heartbreaker. It, it hurts me to say it. Zach Cassian scoring the only goals for the Oilers. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Get a little bit of life in there. Cass scores. All right, Chris, what do you think? I'm going to say, I'm gonna say it's uh, going to be a 2-1 win for the Oilers. One win. That's what I like to hear. Wow, you're very pro Oilers this week. What happened to you? I just think that they're going to start. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just always feel like there's just the team is too good to struggle as much as it does. Or are you actually just worried we'll quit this podcast if the Oilers suck? Uh, <laughs> no, you would never start it if that was the case. Chris, Chris, is, <laughs> Chris is a good friend and he's predicting the Oilers wins for my mental health sake. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, exams right. and stuff are coming up, so... Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. All right, and now for the last game of the week, um, the Minnesota Wild. Um, actually, the Jets play in Minnesota against the Minnesota Wild on Friday as well. Um, Dalton, you start. You know what, Chris? Since you were so nice to us, the Minnesota Wild will win 4 to nothing. Oh, <laughs> oh ruthless. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you think? Oh, that's all right. I mean, he's had a bunch of hot takes already, so let's look at another one. Yeah, uh, it's a spicy track, episode. His track record's not looking so good. Oh, dear. So, 
wild the wild always used to have the jets number but lately they cannot beat the jets so i think that trend is going to continue i think the jets on their jocks and uh they're gonna beat them uh four two four two win all right i i agree i think minnesota is just gonna has really struggled against the jets recently i think i think they're gonna win five two Five two Jets win. Um, so yeah, that is all our that is all our predictions for the week, Chris. I know you got to get out of here to go to hockey. I'm gonna go and lay inside my new car and just just uh, take deep inhales until the Battle of Alberta. Dalton, you uh, you do whatever it is you got to do, buddy. Um, I mean, maybe go spend some time alone with that McDavid picture of yours. <laughs> uh, it's a poster, buddy. Oh, it's a poster. All right, all right. Life size. Um, Oh, body pillow, McDavid. <laughs> All right, boys. South the Blue Line podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Blue Line South. Um, we are the podcast will be available on everywhere you like to hear podcasts: Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and everything in between. Um, this is episode six. I am Michael Dalton. Is in Calgary. You bet I am. Chris is in Tampa headed to pick up. Yes. All right, Chris, have a good skate, boys, and uh, go Oilers and Jets. Yeah. Take care, guys. Yeah. Bye.